Hello farmers of South Africa. Welcome to the very first episode of The Legal Buddha Macy. What is this podcast about? This podcast is everything about agriculture from a legal point of view. And the point of the podcast is to inform, to educate, and hopefully give you something to think about in terms of how you run your farm and obviously how you run your business. We would like it to be so informative that you can make smart decisions that guarantee a return on investment in every decision that you make. What type of topics will we cover? We will cover everything from evictions on farms, water rights, what that means, BE, um, subdivisions of land, should one want to now convert a farm into a fancy estate. We will do housing compliance. We will talk about housing contracts. We will give you ideas and thoughts about how do you manage your farm and what are the type of issues one can face and how do you navigate that. We know that the laws of South Africa when it comes to agriculture are changing all the time. So I thought that it would be quite apt that our first episode um, and hopefully the next few episodes we can focus on the big juicy one which is obviously transformation within the agricultural sector and specifically BE and what are some of the pitfalls of it and how can one be successful in satisfying um, this transformation story and the BE story without feeling like you're being cheated or um, it's unfair to the farmer to be expected to do certain things just because the law says so. So getting right into it, today's topic of the day, I want to start with what we currently see in the markets um, and we've seen in our, in our own practices. Farm work employment schemes, right? So for me, it's always been interesting um, to hear about these employment schemes because they sound great, you know, they, they were formed in the 90s, for those of you that don't know, introduced in the 90s, formed in the 90s, and basically it was a scene as a way to empower farm workers, current farm workers that have worked on farms for many generations to, to uplift them um, in a socioeconomic way, and it's a bit of an alternative to, to land reform. So how do they normally work? Basically, it's an equity uh, deal between farm workers and the farmer, and they share it in a in a group. So let's say you have ten workers, and ten workers own X amount um, of the farm or X amount of the business, not necessarily the land, and they're meant to get some dividends from it or some sort of benefit that makes their lives um, in the future better including future generations to come now it all sounds dandy and it all sounds great in principle and some of these schemes that i've seen with some of my other clients it's been very very complicated very long and one of the first questions i ask myself is okay where's the benefit so what do i mean by that where's the benefit well basically i want to know when does it translate to cash so if 10 people have 20% of the of the farm or of the business when is that 20% become a dividend and how much is that 20% how is it calculated is it calculated on annual turnover of the business and the farm or is it calculated on after you know we deduct all the taxes and and all of that do they buy in or is it 20% that is given to them i i am aware that the the government has grants where they try and facilitate these deals and 
and offer grants so that farm workers can buy into the the property and take the 20% equity. But I have seen some flaws that I'd like you to think about as a listener and just, you know, put it in mind that, you know, it actually is not fair to the farm worker and it's actually not fair to the farmer himself. So I can give you a few examples of why I say where's the value, when does the 20% become a dividend and what does that mean? In some of the employment schemes that I have seen, I haven't seen a clause that discusses what happens when you fire that person as part of the employment scheme. So that one employee of the 10 has now stolen from you as the farmer and he's fired and you have every right to fire him. What happens to his share or portion of the 20% um, in the business that he owns as as an equity shareholder in the scheme? That's the first question. Second question is, if that person dies, does that that shareholding that that person owns, does it transfer to their children? And if it does, does it transfer to the next generation? When does it stop? Is it forever? What if that family leaves the farm? What if the next generation never works on the farm and is not on the farm? It's questions like that, farmers, that I want you guys to think about because it almost becomes an impossible situation because... It, it, it gives conflict because there's no clarity about what does it all mean? What is the value? Can somebody be bought out? If you add more people, who are you going to add and who are you not going to add? And does that not then dilute the 20% if you now have another 50 employees that join your farm, they work long enough and therefore they qualify for 20%? Or do you increase the 20% in order to, to satisfy um, the 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 old owners of the of the shares. Do you increase it in order that they don't think that now that their their interest is being diluted, they're not going to get the same amount? As a lawyer that works mostly for farmers, my clients are farmers. I don't work for farm workers. I have to advise them, and I do advise them that you actually want clarity because. I I foresee a lot of legal wrangling in terms of of these employment schemes because we don't know when it ends. We don't know what it means and nobody has made provision for what happens upon death. What happens upon the termination of an employment of somebody that's part of that scheme? When does a person get a dividend? When do you know what does it all mean? And that's something that I'd like to 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 discuss with you today and and want to know how you feel about it i have different opinions about what should happen i actually am not a big fan of employment schemes for the very reasons that i've highlighted a few minutes ago i'm actually more of a fan of identifying either one be business partner and just going ahead with a be deal with an individual or a company and and all of that but hold on before anybody thinks that I'm suggesting that you must just pick up any black person or anybody that complies with BE in order to be a BE partner. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you need to identify one person or one business that that helps with the BE scorecard in terms of compliance if you're going to give equity away and then they must be able to add value. They must bring something to the table. So let me give you an example. I once had a meeting a few months ago with a, a farmer and an owner of a business who complained to me and said, you know, it's not that we don't want to do BE deals, it's just that they don't work. 
people come here and expect us to just give them equity in our businesses or in our farms and they do nothing they just sit wherever they are and i said where is this person where what did they do how did they approach you and he said oh no no he lives in santon um and he came here to the western cape to come and do a be deal and i said well client why would you make a deal with somebody that lives in santon and is an accountant somewhere or does some other business that has got nothing to do with agriculture is not aligned to your business at all who does that in any business whether it's retail fashion all of that somebody that's in fashion would not hire somebody or work with somebody that's a plumber it just doesn't work like that so already i find that you know the be deals in terms of the individual be deals with one person or with one company don't work because the business is not aligned to one another so it's important to remember that alignment like in any other industry is important and any be partner that joins a company that joins any farm or the business of a farm must bring value what is value value can be anything it could be the fact that that person maybe is an accountant but he understands the business of farming so he can add value in terms of accounting services and now you have somebody that you don't that can do the accounting and you don't have to outsource the accounting to another company that's an example perhaps you can find yourself a lawyer you know who satisfies the be um component but specialized and knows agriculture very very well so you now know that you've got value in terms of that or the person is a farmer themselves and therefore they can come to the farm and contribute in terms of time and hours spent on the actual farm to grow it because the point of be yes it's transformation yes it's a it's a government aligned policy however the idea also is that both parties must have a return on investment both parties must benefit from the deal and in the end of the day it must equal more money for everybody involved including the farmer himself it is not a punishment and this is what i said to um this particular farmer that be is not meant to punish you in fact it's meant to make you more money because if you are compliant you have more access to other things government grants water rights all of those other um parts that the only the government controls because you are compliant versus someone that is not compliant and that's really something that i'd like to sort of drive home that people must understand that that be must make you more money then it's a proper deal then it makes sense it grows your business there's return on investment it makes sense any other thing that does not make sense where you don't see the value of it and you're doing it begrudgingly and obviously you will become begrudged by it because it is not fair it seems unfair then that is not a business deal isn't it it's extortion it's something else altogether and i'd like to encourage you as the farmer to really keep that in mind when you enter those things or you're considering those things but let me get back to my topic about employment schemes so that is just one example of you know me not being a fan of employment schemes and being more of a fan of maybe doing a direct be deal with somebody if we're talking about ownership of course secondly there's other ways to empower your farm workers more productive ways more ways that do give benefit immediately and one of the ways is when we talk about housing for example if you as the farmer 
want to evict your your farm workers because you know now it's a lifestyle farm and you don't really want people living on the farm I would always suggest and we actually do this in our business where we suggest that you consider as the farmer to relocate the people buy them the house build them the house wherever it is and give them title deeds when you give them title deeds you've now given somebody something that they own something that is commercial and that they can trade they can sell it they can leave it to their children that is something now that is really transformative because before that they didn't own anything they didn't have a house they didn't have property where they can exchange and and trade for something else and i believe that that is more empowering than saying there's 20% of something and we don't know what happens if this person gets fired or um, um leaves the farm voluntarily or dies what happens then you know you know does it usurp back and 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 all of that and this is just something that just for today i want you to think about and apply your minds to but again like i say it's just my opinion and the point of the podcast is to inform educate and make you think about it a little bit um in a bit of a different way um in an alternative way so going back to the evictions and relocation so i know some of you out there are thinking okay now you want me to buy homes with my own money and lose money while doing this in terms of socioeconomic um empowerment and therefore that means that I'm not going to I'm losing money so I'm losing again just like with the employment scheme um framework and just like with the BE deals of people that are not aligned to my business no 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 actually I don't know if you know this but how it works is that yes there will be a capital amount that you would put out and build a home and relocate your farm worker um to another area of the farm but the department of human settlements has a budget for that you know they do deal with farm workers they've got a budget for farm workers so in fact what's happening is that you're just helping the department of human settlements do their job and right after you've done that you just claim the money back the same money they were going to use on that farm worker in terms of rdp houses and low cost housing and and all of that you just claim it back and you've got some of your money back it's not all of it so for example if you spend 500,000 um rands on relocating a farm worker and building them a home you can probably claim about 180-200,000 rands back from the the department of of um human settlements and it's straight back into your pocket deal is done everything is finished and once you've done that you have empowered a person you have uplifted their socioeconomic situation and you haven't necessarily lost anything from your business in terms of trying to do big complicated employment schemes of 20% of equity is gone unless of course you want to say to me that you want to do 20% but it's not genuine like because it can look like it's not genuine it's just window dressing because nobody can prove the bottom line nobody can show when are the dividends out what happens when people people die is this a forever situation generationally where they will always that family will always own a portion of your farm and what happens when you sell the farm if you want to sell the farm at some point what happens then in terms of the employment um, employee scheme what if that 20% say no it's their 20% they could refuse to to sell their share and say actually no thanks we think we want to keep keep out 
you might I think you might struggle to be able to sell your farm at that point because the new buyer might not be interested in having a 20% share of either the business or the land being owned by somebody else and they want it 100% wholly so like I'm saying farmers is just something that I want you to think about and I hope that this was an interesting topic for you and you want to listen more next week what do I want to talk about I want to talk about BE again and this time I want to go and talk about how do you identify the right person the right fit for your business and when to say no and when to say yes when to know when you're being bullied and also giving you examples of how you can make sure that BE benefits you if you have any questions and you want to know a little bit more about today's topic and you want to engage with me specifically and um, over email, you can contact me at info at katikaconsult.co.za. That's info at k-a-t-i-k-a consult.co.za. But you'll find all my details anyway on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, Twitter and Spotify. Thank you. It's your legal Buddha Macy. Bye.